Good evening, Saints fans and NFLers around the world. Welcome to the Who Dat Dish podcast, a podcast dedicated to all things New Orleans Saints as part of Fan Sided. As always, I'm your host, Dayton Brown. What's up, guys? I'm your other host, Tyler Raymond, and we just wanted to thank everybody for tuning in as always. We are 19 episodes in, and how more amazing could that be than if the Saints had another win, which they do. They are now at 4 and 2, so. We've got some awesome stuff to talk about tonight. We, yes. we will be previewing the Bears game a little bit. We'll be reviewing the amazing win in Lambeau. Mark Ingram even did the Lambeau leap. It was pretty epic. So, uh, yeah, just stay yeah. tuned as we dive into all this good football talk. Fun game yesterday. Obviously got the win. So now we're 4-2, which is awesome. Yep. And we're really close to 20 episodes on the podcast. Which is a huge milestone, at least in our eyes. So it's going to be pretty exciting. We're going to have a special guest on next week for the podcast as well. Yep. So you guys are going to have to tune in. For Larry that. Dyer. He's uh, He actually has his own podcast uh, regarding the Chicago Bears. So we'll be yeah. talking with him about what happens next week, uh, this Sunday when the New Orleans Saints are home for the Bears. So yeah, stay tuned. We'll, we'll just be reviewing the game with Larry and getting to know it a little bit better. So, yeah, be sure to check that out next week. And, again, special episode, episode 20. Uh, and, yeah, thanks, guys, for all the listens that you've been giving us. Uh, if you're not subscribed to the channel on blogtalkradio.com, be sure to do that and follow us on Twitter just so you guys stay up to date so you, so you don't have to, you know, be searching Twitter or the Internet to find it. It's just right there for you. So, yeah. All right. And now as we transition into our first and uh, awesome topic of the night. Not really a topic, but something we always like to do. It is called Articles of the Week. For those of you who, who have been living under a rock, how this works is Dan and I each uh, give praise to a contributor for Who That Dish because, after all, this is a Who That Dish themed podcast and we give some work of ours. So I don't have an article this week, but I just wanted to give a huge shout out to our editor, Roy Anderson, for his article. Uh, this week, and that is Saints right right guard Larry Warford is out several weeks. So, unfortunately, it's bad news when it comes to you know the Saints being really good right now. They're losing one of their key parts of the offensive line. But what this gets into with Stevenson is about what the New Orleans Saints can do now uh, with their offensive line probably becoming a little less efficient with Warford being gone because he's been a key staple of this offensive line. So look to most likely backup offensive lineman, Sino Calamete, who was really good at filling in for other positions to take his role. But let's see how long it'll take for Warford to come back, hopefully soon, because we definitely need all the bodies we can right now to get this Saints team to 5-2. and two. So that's the article I've got. Uh, someone else, so... Absolutely, yeah. And uh, obviously, Roy is our editor, so he writes a lot of articles, so be sure to go on to whodatdish.com, check out all those articles. As for my articles, I wanted to plug my own, which should be up by the time you're listening to this podcast. If not, it should be up uh, tomorrow, which is Tuesday. Uh, the title is Some Things Need Cleaning After Saints Win in Green Bay. Delves into the, obviously, it, a win's a win and everything, but there were some hiccups in the game. It should have been a more dominating win for the Saints. And you can just look over the game and the stats and see that. And that's kind of what I wrote about, uh, just to clean up. Obviously, I was being very nitpicky about it because it was a win. But um, uh, that that is kind of how I viewed the game after I rewatched the highlights and uh, checked up on the stats. That you know, there's some improving. We could have won by a lot more. Left a lot of points. Uh, off of the board so yeah be sure to check that out again whodatdish.com and then the article i wanted to plug is by adam clausen all of you louisiana football fans or, or just anybody living in louisiana is going to love this article talks about the success over the past three weekends that the saints and both the lsu tigers have had 
um, the the football team over at LSU. Uh, both teams have been surging. LSU a couple of impressive victories two weeks in a row. Obviously the Saints as well. Um, so yeah, be sure to check that out because both teams were obviously kind of drowning, so to speak, earlier in their respective seasons, and now they're both surging. So um, that's that that's something to look out for. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, again, guys, whodatdish.com. If not living there, you should be, especially if you are a Saints fan. Absolutely. So uh, let's move on to the first topic. Obviously, we want to talk about the win that I was just referencing. Uh, New Orleans, <laughs> yep. New Orleans improved to four and two on the season with a twenty-six to seventeen win at Lambeau Field. Uh, backup quarterback Brett Hudley had to fill in for the injured Aaron Rodgers, who broke his collarbone uh, last week against the Vikings, and the Saints were able to pull away after coming back to secure an important victory over the Packers. Obviously, huge victory, only seven weeks in, but with the Saints already having to buy. All of these games are going to be tougher as the weeks go on because th- there's not going to be a week off in between, so to speak. And we see that with the Warford injury comes after mm-hmm. the bye week. The weeks that he's missing are all going to be games that he's missing. So these games are very important. Even though yeah. it was against the back quarterback, it, it was still awesome. Let's go over some of the stats. Um, uh, I'm, I'm going to do some of the game stats as we do every week. I'll do some of the yeah, game stats, good. and then Tyler is going to do some of the uh, overall season stats, w- which are really interesting. So diving into some of the statistics, Drew Brees actually had a field day, 27 of 38, 331 yards. His two interceptions are, are not good, obviously, on paper, and they were two early interceptions. But still, his, his passer rating was 84.4, and his QBR was 66.9. He was efficient, only had 11 incompletions, had over 300 yards. I'd say that that was a really impressive day. Uh, He threw to six different receivers, which is two or three less than what he usually gets to. But, uh, you know, guys like Ted Ginn and Michael Thomas both had seven receptions apiece. So he was getting the ball to guys who were open against a weak Green Bay secondary. Mark Ingram led the team in rushing yards. He also had a touchdown, 22 carries, 105 yards. That's a 4.8 average. Great stuff. Alvin Kamara, 57 yards off of nine carries. Also pretty impressive. Like I said, Ted Ginn, Michael Thomas, uh, 141 yards and 82 receiving yards, uh, respectively, both off of seven receptions. But the guy who got the touchdown was Brandon Coleman, who seems to be finding the end zone a lot more often. He had a touchdown reception as well as overall he had two catches for 31 yards. So, you know, just great to see. Also, Michael Thomas was targeted 11 times, uh, so that shows that Drew Brees is trying to get the ball to him. Uh, AJ Klein and uh, Craig Robertson, both who were in the middle, led the team in tackles that can show you where the Packers are trying to get the ball to is right up the middle. Uh, both led the team in tackles with six apiece. Ken Crawley, Von Bell, Alex Okafor, and Kenny Vaccaro both had four. Kenny Vaccaro also had a fantastic interception that helped the Saints win. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore continues to impress in his rookie season. Three tackles. Cam Jordan had three. Uh, and one, The one sack was by Alex Okafor on, on Brett Hudley, which was, I believe a loss of seven actually eight yards loss of eight yards so uh but yeah other than that those are just some of the general game stats tyler take it away with the season stats all right well i just wanted to get obviously we're going to talk about it in a second about all you know like the thoughts of the game but yeah it was certainly interesting though what the packers were able to pull off you know despite not having rogers but we'll get into that in a second yeah, yeah. so as i get into this i basically i am a lover of stats so what i like to do is after each game because unfortunately, the Saints app doesn't um, update quick enough for me. I get in and I plug in all the current numbers the Saints have, and I add that together with what they already have. So I'm going to first start off with the offense, and I'll get into the defense. With the offense, you're a gunslinger. Your QB, Drew Brees, right now is 152 for 220. That is a 69% completion percentage. He, he has thrown for 1,652 passing yards. 
He has 11 passing touchdowns and one rushing touchdown, which I actually just got on a third and one uh, during the game against Green Bay to seal the deal for the Saints to give them that win. And he has four interceptions. Uh, for your running backs, you have Mark Ingram, who right now rushing is uh, 89 attempts for 389 yards. That's a 4.37 yards per carry average with three touchdowns. And receiving-wise, he has 24 receptions for 166 yards. So it looks like, obviously, he's being utilized both ways. You have uh, rookie running back Alvin Kamara, who right now uh, is at rushing-wise 34 attempts for 215 yards and a touchdown. Receiving-wise, he's just nearly the same. He's got 28 receptions for 209 yards and a touchdown. So uh, like we I've been saying... He's been utilized both ways. He's been our jack-of-all-trades. He's been our Swiss Army knife for this offense so far. But your uh, leading receiver in regards to yards right now is going to be a wide receiver, Michael Thomas. He has 35 receptions for 403 yards and two touchdowns. You have Tegan Jr. with 22 receptions, 353 yards and two touchdowns. And they have Brandon Coleman, surprisingly, with the most touchdowns so far. Of those three receivers, he's got 12 receptions, 191 yards. Not as many yards as the rest of them, but he's got three touchdowns. Now the defense. Here's <laughs> Gabriel for a second. But uh, this is where things get interesting. Uh, everyone wants to know what finally pushed the Saints over the top. Why are they winning so many games? And this is why. Here's a quick comparison between 2016 through six games and 2017 through six games. So in 2016... The New Orleans Saints had, through six games, nine sacks, two interceptions, six forced fumbles, and a 40% completion percentage, averaging 32.5 points per game. Now, in 2017, they've nearly doubled the sacks with 17. They've quadrupled the interceptions with eight. They've uh, at least made and are better in their forced fumbles category with nine compared to six. Now, although the third down percentage is a little worse with 468 their points per game is a lot lower with just under 20 with 19.8. So right now, the Saints defense has been stellar uh, with both of my notes. Obviously, we're going to talk about it. But the stars right now of this defense have been Cameron Jordan, Kenny Vaccaro, and Marshawn Lattimore. We have also contributing members in Alex Okafor, Trey Hendrickson, and Ken Crawley. So, yeah, those awesome. are some season stats for you guys. Love it. Yeah, you can obviously tell the huge improvement year to year, and that includes two really, really bad weeks on the defensive side to start the season out. So that's great yeah. that, that we've been able to recover like that. This game was interesting, to say the least. Uh, obviously, going in, we talked about the concerns about facing Brett Hundley and, and you know, the mm-hmm. Saints. You pointed it out last week, how they struggle against quarterbacks who aren't or who don't have a lot of tape, who, mm-hmm. who, who teams – haven't seen him play often, at least in the NFL. Um, but even with that said, I felt like the Saints could have won this game by a lot more points, uh, I, I, I as, I, as I talked about in my article. Left some points on the board. There was a blocked extra point. Kicked some field goals when we could have scored some touchdowns. Uh, two interceptions by Drew Brees, which obviously you know all could have turned into points as well. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm glad that you agree with me that they could have won by by more points. Uh, mm. What What was kind of keeping them... Uh, away in the first half obviously they they almost tied it up to end the half it was 14 13 but throughout most of the first half it was green bay controlling it yeah and i think right now uh, i think it's just even more than what do- uh, what allowed green bay to dominate so quickly i think it's that they got into a rhythm you look at brett Hundley and what he was able to do right uh, if i i can uh pull it up in a second but what surprised me the most about this game was obviously we talked about last week how if the saints wanted any chance 
they were going to have to contain Brett Hundley. And now they did do that for an extent. Obviously, the second half, uh, they, I believe, only allowed under 100 yards in total offense. So, obviously, that was very good. And keeping Hundley quiet was a part of that. But in the first first half, uh, here, I have it right now. So, for Green Bay, uh, in total, Brett Hundley uh, rushing had three attempts for 44 yards and a touchdown. So, obviously, it wasn't perfect. But it wasn't great either. You know, obviously with yeah. any rookie quarterback, the Saints are going to try to know what they can find out about the quarterback to contain him, you know, and help the team. But, you know, sometimes I guess it just happens. You know, you have a team like the Packers where you're so used to Aaron Rodgers and you have this third-year quarterback coming in and his first NFL start. You don't know what to expect. So I give them credit. At the same time, for the points that we left on the board, I, I wish in the same sense that we contained Hundley more in the first half. Because you figure, uh, actually, we'll probably get into this in a second. Ken Crawley, uh, he got a lot of heat. Uh, I watched a highlight on NFL Network. Uh, Brett Hundley escaped the pocket and was running, I think it was like either 14, 20, something like that. He was running a lot of yards. And he was running toward the left side of the end zone. You had Kenny Vaccaro over there. You had a bunch of Packers blockers. And Ken Crawley had the opportunity to almost light up Brett Hundley we sure just gave him his left shoulder, and Hundley walks right in. Yeah. So, you know, plays yeah. like that where he should have been contained or more effort should have been brought. But overall, not bad. Yeah. You know, for a Saints defense that's still young, that's still learning how to do everything, not bad. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. I, I know that exact play you're talking about. I remember watching that and just saying, Crawley, come on, man. you, you got to make a tackle there. At least you got to make that tackle. Just stop him. You know, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, yeah, Brett Hudley was able to escape the pocket and rush. Our, our, editors, our editor, Roy Anderson, pointed this out while the game was going on. We weren't able to pressure Hudley or, or send the exotic blitzes that Dennis Allen likes to in the yeah. first half because of Aaron Jones's running ability. Uh, he was able to scorch us for a 46-yard touchdown in, like, the first two minutes of the game. Uh, he ended up rushing for over 100 yards, which usually ends up as a much bigger disaster for the Saints in terms of how the game turns <laughs> yeah. out. But they were able to, obviously, right the ship. But... um. Yeah, yeah, so due to that, and, you know, AJ Klein kind of struggling, Craig Robertson filled in for him a little bit, that's kind of where we saw some improvement. But because we weren't able to blitz Brett Hudley, he was able to escape the pocket, get outside, and uh, eventually it did work in our favor. Eventually we were able to stop the running game with our front four, but when it starts out like that, when we start slow, uh, we're lucky. We're really, really lucky that uh, Brett Hudley is so young and we were able to adjust so quickly because that could have been, I mean, I mean, really bad. Just, just watching that first half. Makes me scared because I felt Green Bay was going to run away with this game. I, I felt like this was going to be another Saints stage vu, but we kind of have to understand that this isn't the same team that we've seen, you know, over and, the past a uh, couple of years. And uh, a good point of that, I just wanted to mention. So I don't know if everyone knows, but I know you like to watch uh, part of the interruption with yes. Tony Kornheiser and Michael Obama. I do too. Me and my dad love watching it every night when we have time. So I was actually watching it today, and they talked about the Saints and the Packers. And they said, you know, at the end of the day, I believe, I honestly believe this, as good as the defense has been, we could have lost this game if Brett Hundley was more experienced. Because they yeah. were talking about, they actually took a dive at the stats. And Brett Hundley uh, was only for, I think it was 86 yards passing, uh, 87 yards passing. So uh, you look right there, he wasn't, like they mentioned, and I agree with this, so I figured I'd mention it. You have amazing receivers in... Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson, you, uh, this game easily could have been, for Brett Hundley, 220 yards. 
260 yards. Yeah. But luckily, it wasn't for the Saints. I think this was more of a best-case scenario for the team. But I, I guess the Saints, this one, they sort of caught a break. You look at what they were able to do in the second half and shutting out Hundley, and yeah, they were able to keep him contained for the most part of the second half, but this easily could have been a lot worse. Like you said, right. they have all those weapons. You actually pointed that out last week, that they have a phenomenal wide receiver group, right. which they do, but luckily we kept them contained, so that's yeah. all I'm happy about. Yeah, the uh, adjustment, I think it was a mixture of Hudley's inexperience, uh, just playing in the NFL, not with the offense, just playing in the mm. NFL and, and being you know, a starting quarterback. Uh Combine that inexperience with the adjustments the Saints were able to make. Yeah, like I said last week, even though their quarterback isn't Aaron Rodgers' caliber type talent, their wide receiver mm-hmm. core is great. And it, and if you leave them open, any quarterback is going to be able to find these guys and they're going to be able to catch the ball. So it was kind of a, a blessing in disguise that we weren't sending a lot of blitzes because we were able to cover, cover the field a lot more, kind of shut down the receivers, so to speak, who, who still kind of did pretty good, but... Obviously, that forced Hudley to, to rush a lot more. But so it's it's kind of a, you know, you, you give and you take at the same time. Uh, yeah. Who would you give the game ball to for this game? Um, Mark Ingram. Uh, yeah. And here's why. Uh, you know, obviously, there are times where the Saints offense falls flat. In this case, we saw that firsthand with Drew Brees. You know, that could have been an extra 14 points the Saints put on the board. That could have been at least six. But unfortunately, he gave up two interceptions. And I think right now... Uh, you know, where the offense hasn't been exactly 100% consistent all the time, given it has had its good points. You know, I, I will have given the game ball to Mark Ingram, and here's why. Uh, in an offense that needs that needs a key contributor to help get everything going, Mark Ingram was a stallion, was that beast for the Saints in this game. You know, he rushed for over 100 yards again. He had a touchdown. And I think, you know, I think right now if they contained Mark Ingram, we probably lost that game because I don't know if Drew Brees, as great as he is right now, I think it's hard to put everything on his back, especially when you have uh, talented cornerbacks uh, with Green Bay. You know, they have talented cornerback safeties. So I, I would give the game ball to Mark Ingram because of what he was able to accomplish in the run game to help keep the Saints afloat, to help keep everything consistent with them getting down the field and scoring points and really putting this game away. Yeah, another great performance by Ingram, who won the NFC Clutch Performer of the Week uh, last week against the Detroit Lions. Yeah. I would actually give him that, – that's a great pick. I would actually give my game ball to uh, Ted Ginn Jr. Uh, 121 yards, all of the balls thrown his way he was able to catch. And surprisingly. <laughs> surprisingly, right, because this is yeah. a guy known for dropping passes a lot at Carolina yeah. over his career. And even in the preseason, we were torching him for dropping that touchdown pass. Uh, he's really stepped it up. And I, I enjoy that I we have a veteran making plays on the offensive end because we haven't had that since Marcus Colston. On it, like, like a lot of the guys who have been, I mean, uh, as far as receivers go, a lot of the receivers we've been having making plays, you know, like Willie Sneed, Michael Thomas, they're all young guys. Uh, so it's nice to have a, a, a veteran uh, hooking up with Drew Brees. Uh, and the passing game. speed is phenomenal, too. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. So uh, before we move on to the break and before we move on to the second yep. topic, um, the Saints sit at 4-2, and two, first in the NFC South, and would be in the playoffs had the season ended today as the fourth seed, which is great, meaning that they would play a home playoff game because they're a division winner. Um, once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How is their season shaping up now? I ask you this question about every week because it changes so much on yeah. a week-to-week basis. How is their season shaping up now? What, what do you like? Uh, I'll give you a bit of both. So 
obviously, I love how the defense is obviously uh, playing for the most part very consistent. I enjoy the pressure the Saints are getting, even if that may come in this case for against the Packers in the second half. I enjoy the turnovers that we're being able to produce. For those who didn't see it, uh, Kenny Vaccaro got a interception downfield against Brett Hundley, and they all rushed over all the Saints players of defense, and um, they had a little campfire. It's really funny. So um, make sure to check that out if you can find some Saints photos of that. But um, I enjoy the uh, consistency of the defense, like I said. What I'm not enjoying is the utilization of Willie Steen. Obviously, right now he's injured, so we're not using him. But um, I just, I don't know. As good as this team is right now, I still feel like, like my dad, me and my dad were talking earlier, and I, I have to agree with what he said. He uh, he said, everything looks good now, but I'm really cautiously optimistic about this team because obviously what we've seen in the past, it gives us a big, a big uh, grasp of doubt in our hands because we don't know what could happen with this team. You know, what happens if this defense falls flat in a game? The offense can't get going, you know. Right. But um, you know, it's not bad. I'm I'm certainly happy with what's going on right now. Obviously, no one predicted after 0 2 we'd be four and two. Not to mention we're home for the Chicago Bears next week. So yes. I don't know. I'm I, I think I have to say I'm cautiously optimistic. But the uh this is this team is heading in the right direction. So yeah, I agree with everything you've said. Uh, <laughs> however, them being four and two, uh, I. You know, you were just referencing if our defense falls flat and our offense is able to recover in a game, that would be bad. However, sitting at four and two now, the Saints have more cushion. Like it's okay for them yeah, to do. lose one more game than it were to be if they were obviously, you know, three and three, two and two and four. Um, but on top of that, last week I think we talked about the percentage of them making the playoffs compared to them losing mm-hmm. or winning or, or whatever it may be. Um, and yeah, I, I, I stick with mine. I think it's close to like seventy, seventy-five percent, especially now that we're first in the NFC South. Looks like it's kind of falling apart in a way. Atlanta got blown out. Tampa Bay lost. Uh, Chicago beat down on Carolina. All these teams two straight weeks in a row, by the way. Sorry to interrupt you, but two straight weeks in a row, we've won. They've all lost. Yes, which is obviously fantastic. Keeps building the momentum. And there was one other thing. Oh, so so the final nine weeks of the season, uh, if you exclude Week Eight against the Bears, so weeks nine through seventeen of those nine weeks. Five of those, over half, are going to be against our division rivals. So we have oh. one game against Carolina, and then we have both of our game, or all four of our games, two apiece against the Falcons and the Buccaneers to go to the rest of the way. So those are going to be really, really, really important games to win, especially since, obviously, like I said, we're first in the MC South. We already hold the tiebreaker over Carolina. If we beat them again, then it's guaranteed. Uh, if we at least beat Atlanta one time, that's going to be good for us. Same with Tampa Bay. So those are going to be really important games. But, again, chock full of uh, division games with the final half of the season is. so. Yeah, so, guys, this is a perfect opportunity uh, now for us uh, tonight to take a short break. When we get back, we will uh, preview what's going to be happening when the Chicago Bears come to New Orleans. And with the uh, Bears surprisingly being 3-4 and four right now, do the Saints have what it takes to stop their ferocious defense and stall their minimal offense? Stay tuned. Welcome back, guys. Did you miss us? I know we did. So we are on to our next segment of the night. We will be previewing 
of the Week 8 matchup of the Chicago Bears against the New Orleans Saints. We're 4-2 now, for those of you who didn't know. So, the Bears, they dominated last week, and I was very happy to find out. Because, honestly, I thought the Panthers were still a good enough team that they could have beat the Bears. But, nope, they did not. And the Bears actually won without an offensive touchdown. Eddie Jackson, their safety, had two defensive touchdowns, and they had a bunch of field goals. So, surprisingly, they won 17-3. But, yeah, what what do you think of this matchup, Dan? How do you think the Saints are going to handle the Chicago Bears at home? First of all, I'm glad you brought up Eddie Jackson. He was the first defensive player, not, not just defensive rookie, defensive player in NFL history to have two uh, defensive touchdowns of 75 yards or greater in one game. And that's mm. incredible to do as a rookie. So so shout out to him for doing that. Yeah, I'm on the same page as you. I thought Carolina was going to uh, you know, have Cam Newton lead them to the promised land. We did that poll on Twitter and all of these Panthers fans. This was when the Panthers were 4-1, first on the NFC South. Um, and, and, you know, everybody was saying the Buccaneers were winning the poll uh, when we asked who would win the division. And Panthers fans were going, man, y'all are crazy for thinking the Panthers aren't going to win. What is up with this poll? And now that's why. That's why, Panthers fans. Yeah. You lose 17-3 to to the Bears. I don't want to jinx the Saints because if the Saints lose bad against the Bears, it's going to look bad. The Bears are obviously better than people are expecting this year, but they're still a bottom-tier team in the league. Trubisky's Absolutely. a rookie quarterback. Um, they have talent. They obviously have talent. I love Justin Howard. You know, uh, their defense is, is ever improving. They have talent, but uh, it's not going to mesh all together together for them to be a playoff team. So, you know, the Panthers getting blown out by a playoff team. That is the Chicago Bears who might even have a top 10 pick when it's all said and done. Uh, mm-hmm. That's that's kind of embarrassing for the Panthers. So worries me more so than, than, than before. Coming into the season, we looked at this game and said this is going to be a um, – an easy win. It's, it's pretty much like a guaranteed win mm-hmm. uh, at that point when we were coming into the season after we saw the schedule. Now looking at it, though, it, so it's hard. it's far from guaranteed. It is far from guaranteed. Our offense has to be on top of it. Uh, good thing we're at home. Uh, you know, Drew Brees is going to have to throw outdoor. He's going to be inside his dome. He's going to be comfortable. There won't be excuses there. And, you know, the crowd's going to be rocking. The yeah. mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just want to say, uh, Mitchell Trubisky, he only has a 50% completion percentage um, and two touchdowns, one interception. So he, he's not one of those rookie quarter. We have tape on him, and he's not that impressive. I think he has a strong arm. I think he's pretty good. Um, but he, he, he's, he's nowhere near the, the level of talent where the Saints', Saints defense should excusably uh, struggle with, with trying to defend him, kind of how we did with Brett Hudley in the first half. Um, so, you know... That, that's also the other thing. If we contain Trubisky, we're going to have to contain just uh, Jordan Howard, who, who has already 516 rushing yards uh, over the season, uh, w- which is great. So uh, as long as our offense can, can stay sharp, again, we're in the dome, we're going to be okay. I don't think their secondary is as good, uh, even though you know Jackson did have those really impressive touchdowns. Uh, our defense is just going to have to contain their talent on the offense, and, and we should be okay. Yeah, so when I look at this team, I just see uh, – I'm talking about the Bears, not the Saints – the biggest uh, strengths I see of this team are obviously the running game and the front four, especially. So I'll talk about the running game first. So quickly hit on the um, front four, but um, obviously Jordan Howard, he's a phenomenal playmaker. You know that backfield. Obviously, we, it just goes to show what this running back is able to accomplish, especially considering they have a rookie quarterback uh, under center. So obviously, you know they're. John Fox right now, I, I'm pretty sure he plays with, um, uh, uh, he's a coach for Chicago. 
right now they're playing a you know a minimalist or a really conservative offense because you know with a rookie quarterback you know if you put too much pressure in his hands uh, the the odds aren't exactly in your favor so I really like how they are running the ball they're staying consistent that way I, I've always said I, I'm sure you can vouch for this but I've always said that if you're if you want to keep on racking up wins you need to have a strong running game that will uh, have the clock in your favor. So with the defensive line, I actually have a quote for you here. That former Saints defensive lineman, now Chicago Bears superstar, Keem Hicks said on his former team. He said, I quote, I don't really want to talk about Drew Brees. Nothing to say about the Saints. Ooh, yeah. so there's some fire there. Salty. But, yeah, savage. But with this defensive line, though, their reputation perceives, perceives them. They have been dominant all year. Akeem Hicks just is one of many defensive line uh, linemen for those names I do not know because I am a Saints fan, not a Bears fan. Don't judge me. But um, uh, from what I know, they are very good. Obviously, we will have Larry on next week to talk about this um, when we review the game. But uh, that's one of the bigger strengths that that team possesses right now, their defense, especially with that front four to get pressure against your quarterback. I'm not, I'm not too hopeful about that part. But other yeah. than that, though, I really believe that if the Saints play smart, I think right now, I think we've said this in the past, that sometimes when it comes to games, the New Orleans Saints' biggest oppo- opponent, their enemy, it isn't the other team. It's themselves. They right. just need to make sure if they have their gun, they don't shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah. So if they play smart, I could see this being a close game, maybe under 20 points for both sides, but hopefully the Saints get to win. Yeah, I, I really hope they do, too. Um uh, so let's talk about their playoff chances real quick yep. um, before we do a little bit more analyzing. Uh, how are their playoff chances right now, and how will they be if they win? G- give me percentage numbers. Okay, sure. So the New Orleans Saints right now, I think are, I, I think they're right over the fence. If I had to paint uh, a picture for you guys, let's say there's a fence, and on one side you have the teams that are making the playoffs, on the other side you have the teams that obviously do not make the playoffs. Now the Saints, I believe are caught in a wedgie hanging on the side of the teams that are in the playoffs. Here's why. Right now, the Saints, uh, they're talented. And I think right now that they have the potential to make the playoffs, but they just need to hook themselves off the fence and uh, get there. I think it's just being a matter of consistency and doing everything right. Like we said, don't shoot themselves in the foot. But um, if the Saints win uh, this week, I think this is a good game to prove. A good game, you know, to show opponents that, look, we're consistent, we're a contender. I'm going to say if they win this game by a good margin, they show everything good for the most part, I'm going to say 73% chance to make the playoffs. I like How about that. You, I like that. Yeah. So I think right now it's it's at about 70%. I think if they win, it only jumps up to about 75 And the only reason it's going to be 5 is because it depends on how well the other NFC South teams perform this week mm-hmm. i think that's kind of how we're gonna have to rely on even though we're number one uh, i do think that we're we're gonna lose a couple of games down the road yeah um yeah that, that's just me kind of being a, a realist at this point just me looking <laughs> yeah. overall uh so i i think this game is very important for us to win to get to five and two but it's also very important for the nfc south uh foes of ours to lose so i think it would jump out about five percent if we did um, yeah, any other analysis you want to throw on for the game before we get to score um, predictions? So, I think right now, any analysis, um, I think, like I said, with Drew Brees, uh, especially, you know, with him making his mistakes over the past couple weeks, 
you're going to have to be careful because the Bears, if I remember right now, they haven't really allowed much as far as running the rock and throwing the ball goes for their offense. So I think the Saints, yeah. if you were to ask me, if I was Sean Payton, I think I would be really conservative myself and maybe only throw me like some screen passes or some short passes for Drew Brees. Throws that he knows he's going to make. I think you should still consistently give the ball to Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. They are arguably the best tandem right now when it comes to uh, running backs in this league. So, obviously, you want that consistency to stay. Um, just be worryful of their defense, the Bears' defense, because it's yeah. not one to take lightly. But, yeah. And this will be the first game without Larry Warford, like we said at the yeah. top of the show. He will be out for this game, and several think he's going to try to return by December, so he'll be out. But this will be the first game without him, so we're going to have to do some adjustments, some shuffling on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, let's get into some score predictions. Our own Adam Clausen has the Saints winning 24-13, to uh, and our editor Roy Anderson has the Saints winning 27-12. to um, As far as my prediction, I think that I'm going to say the Saints are – I don't think they're going to score as high as I predicted last game, which was 41 points. I think that they're, they're, they're going to get a healthy 28 points. And uh, I think that the Bears are going to score 14. I think it's going to be 28-14. Uh, obviously, very square score, very very even and whatnot. Two touchdowns to four. But uh, that's kind of how I, I see it going. I think if, if a team is going to drive, they're going to score a touchdown. Not sure if too many field goals will be kicked. Uh, but hopefully the Saints are, are able to contain the Bears is all I have to say. So, Tyler, give us your score prediction, and let's close the show out. Okay, I'm going to say 17-10. Mitchell Trubisky throws for a touchdown, but uh, the Chicago Bears, ultimately, like we said, they don't have the offense to succeed if we contain Jordan Howard. So 17-10, Saints win. So thank you guys again for this amazing podcast. We're 19 episodes in. We'll have to think of something special for you guys for episode 20 because obviously Dayton and I are very ecstatic about doing this podcast, and we love the support from you guys. Uh, make sure, first off, to check out all the amazing articles and more that we mentioned today at whodatdish.com. Yeah, if you're not living there, you should be, as Dayton always famously says. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at uh, for the official Who That Dish podcast account. Follow that at, at the WDD podcast. You can follow Dayton Brown at Dayton underscore Brown underscore. You can follow me at Raymond Tyler M. And make sure to check out for next week's episode as we will be having on Bears enthusiast and uh, critic Larry Dyer III, who is the host of Chicago Bears Review. So make sure to check out for that. And also, this Wednesday, I will be on his podcast uh, talking about the Saints and how they fare up against that matchup. So if you can, look out for that. But that's what I've got. Awesome, man. Thanks again for being such a great co-host. Thank you, everybody, so much. Thank you, too for um being great listeners fantastic audience thank you so much for supporting the show also shout out to donna marsh brand new uh writer on whodatdish.com just got, just got uh put on today uh yeah again guys be sure to follow us everywhere we'll be doing a new poll starting uh i believe probably once this podcast is up we'll have some sort of poll i think it's my turn to do it this week but uh, yeah again guys thanks so much for listening next week is episode 20 we'll be sure to do something for you while we're talking to larry as well so yeah guys thanks so much and we'll talk to you next week